Hey, this is the Witch's Magic Murder Mystery Podcast. And we're back together. Oh my God. I'm it's Megan. That's hey, guys. Hey. So we're recording. You won't know this until Friday when you see it on YouTube. If I, you know, I'm behind on the YouTube videos. Great. Thank it, you for your patience. Life. Um, <laughs> Summer. COVID. Pregnancy. We're recording at my house now. Yeah. And we're facing each other. This is amazing. It's hilarious. <laughs> so we always do this 10 seconds of silence to kind of help me get a baseline silence for the sound. Yeah. And <laughs> we always struggle with it, but today was real bad because we're like staring at each other. And That's we haven't great. seen each other in forever. I know. I've been on vacation. Kara got COVID. I got freaking COVID. Again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like Megan has been the one that's like is sick every couple of months. And but she never tests and it's never COVID. And then I get back and like, what, a week later? Yeah. Test positive for COVID. That's weird. And it just was like the word, like sore throat for like eight days straight. Cough, well, stuffy nose. I tested today. Yeah. Because I've had a migraine. It's gone now. Oh, yeah. But I had a migraine from like Thursday afternoon until about noon today. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, maybe I should test for COVID. Yeah. And then with you coming over, yeah, I was like, I should probably test just to make I'm sure. I'm immune. Yeah, you should be <laughs> by now. <laughs> Super immune. Man. Okay. One of the things that I did on my vacation when I went to St. Pete, I love this podcast, you guys. <laughs> so even though I'm on vacation, I'm still going to be oh, thinking yeah. and everything yeah, about same. old crimes. And yeah. Whatever. Or and like so, trying to visit places. Like yeah. That. Yeah. So I still, I got several episodes written and I got a bunch of ideas for stuff oh, that we man. can do. Yeah. And so don't be like, gosh, you're working on vacation because this, no, I love we this love stuff. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> we got, I know. Listen, I've missed you. We got an anchor voicemail. Number one, we had a bunch of anchor voicemails that I never got notifications for. So if you have sent us some and we've ignored them, I'm sorry. Yeah, so sorry. We're going to be talking about them, not today, but later. Yeah. But in a couple of them, um, one of you messaged us to talk about the voice that you're hearing in our recording. Oh my gosh. And we're not going to be recording in that space anymore, which makes me wonder if it will still happen. Yeah. So if that's you... First, we're recording right now at my house. If you hear a voice here, don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> Nobody mentioned. <laughs> I'm just going to start whispering Always. things in the microphone when she's not looking. <laughs> just, just have Megan's hair looks great today. <laughs> this is the most... Megan's radio. <laughs> this is the most brilliant podcast ever. You guys are awesome. You're doing a great job. That's the ghost I Keep want. <laughs> So if you hear any other sounds, don't tell us. If it's not positive, I don't want to know. We can't hear about that. <laughs> okay. Today's episode is the child talking from inside my womb. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> I wish we were videoing that. <laughs> Just to get your reaction. <laughs> Just to see my face. Like <laughs> saw it clearly this time. I'm like I'm like horrified and also like oh cute at oh, the same wow. time she can talk to us cute and terrified <laughs> okay <laughs> this is a mystery mm-hmm. an old one okay let's say this is an old case uh-huh this is from the 20s okay and I really love researching one of my favorite these. times I know yeah I feel like we both belong in that era absolutely yeah. the best outfits mm-hmm. ever yeah. yeah god but um I like reading the old records and the old newspapers yes. articles, and I especially love it when I read an old newspaper article and I find something that I didn't see anywhere else. Because a lot of the time, you know, when you're researching these true crime stuff, yeah. and it's like it just feels like the same information regurgitated over oh, and over. Yeah, yeah, 
You yeah, can tell like they all just read each other. Yes. And wrote and then, it yeah. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always feel like super journalism. I mean, I am basically a detective yeah. after all. And we are going to start our own private detective agency. Oh my gosh. Cause we have so much time with all our free time. Yes. Well, I have more now. So we're good. <laughs> Great. It's amazing. Okay. So this starts in 1926. Okay. Marvin Clark was 75 years old. Okay. Which in the twenties, that's a good life. He's doing good. Yeah. And he lived in Tigard. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Oregon. Oh, I'm sure that's right. Tigard. 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 Became a city in 1961. But in 1926, it was just a small farming community. The Oregon Electric Railway arrived to Tigard. Tigard. What is it, do you think? Let's just say it different every time. Arrived in the town. It arrived there in 1910. Which spurred a lot of growth. Okay. And according to the 1910 U.S. Census, that also seems to be about the time that Mr. Clark moved there along with his wife, Mary. Okay. And he'd actually grown up in Marion County, Iowa, and he lived in Nebraska, too. So he moved around a lot. He said, here I come, Morgan. Yeah. Marvin had also served as the town marshal of Linton, a district that would later become part of Portland, Oregon. Oh. And he'd been a marshal in Nebraska, too. Oh, wow. Do you know who else was a town marshal, Kara? Who? Wyatt Earp. <gasps> Do you know what the best movie ever made ever, Kara? Tell is? me, Megan. <laughs> Tombstone. Oh, wow. Does this have anything to do with Marvin Clark, Kara? You're Huckleberry. It does not. It's just your reminder to go watch that movie, everybody. Marvin and Mary had four kids, including a daughter, Sydney McDougal, Amazing. and a son, Grover C. Clark. Which sounds like a president name. I know. In 1926, Grover was 31 and lived in Portland. Nope. Lived in Portland, <laughs> about 10 miles away from his parents. And Sydney, who was 40, had moved to Portland, too. She'd been living in Seattle. Oh, okay. The 1920 census shows that Grover was married and listed as the head of his household. And then Sydney was also listed as the head of her household. She lived in and managed the Hereford Hotel. Mm. But the census has people listed on it living at the same address with her as a boarder. Oh. Which makes me wonder what sort of hotel it was. It seems yeah. like a long term. Yeah. You know? They lived there long enough to list it as their right. home address right. in the census. It doesn't really matter. I just love it. I just like I looking know. at the old stuff. I so, know. okay, on October 30th, mm-hmm. 1926. Really close to home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marvin was going to downtown Portland to visit Sydney, his okay. daughter. He left his home at around 1 p.m., it was a 10 mile trip. He left either by stagecoach or by bus. The initial report said stagecoach. A later one said bus. Okay. So I'm not sure. Two days later, Mary, his wife, she calls her daughter and uh-huh. she's like, hey, when's dad coming home? Because he's been there a while. Right. And Sydney was like, what are you talking about? Dad's not here. Oh. Sydney hadn't even known that Marvin was going to come visit her on oh. October 30th. Uh-oh. He never saw his daughter that day. Uh-oh. And no one from his family had heard from him at all. Oh, no. A newspaper article that I read from the time said that he had just returned to Tigard from visiting Sydney a few days before he vanished, which made it even stranger to her that he would have turned right back around yeah. to come see her again so soon. Yeah. And apparently, there are people who saw him at the terminal in downtown Portland. And if we believe that's him, mm-hmm. then we know that he at least made it to downtown Portland. Right. The thing is, I can't tell that those sightings have actually been verified. Okay. Nothing ever said we know that's well, it, Yeah. It's just someone who matched his description. Right. So as soon and as back Sydney. Then, probably a lot of people did. Right. He yeah. was in a black suit with a hat and. Yeah. Yeah. Older. A gentleman. mustache. 
Yeah. So as soon as Sydney and her mom realized that Marvin had been missing for two days now, Jesus, they began a frantic search to find him. Initially, they worried that perhaps some of the enemies he'd made from his work as a marshal had found oh, no. him and harmed him. So they were oh, like, no. what if they like went after him? Gunned him down. Sydney offered a $100 reward for information leading to his whereabouts. That's a lot of money. It'd be about $1,600 today. Yeah. The Oregonian headline read, Tigard Man, 75, <laughs> Missing. Marvin A. Clark, last seen at Stage Depot. And in the article, Marvin was described as a well-known resident of Tigard who'd lived there for 15 years. So on November 9th, so what is that, like 10, 11 days later? Yeah. Newspaper reports from Bellingham, Washington, say that Mary, or possibly Grover, depending on the source, received a postcard from Marvin postmarked in Bellingham and that witnesses had seen Marvin at two hotels in the area on November 2nd and 3rd. The article said... The letter, the postcard they received, indicated that the aged man's mind is wandering as it was badly jumbled, despite the fact that Clark is highly educated, being a graduate of two universities. The same article also stated that as far as his family knows, Clark had very little money with him. And if that's the case, it makes me wonder how he paid for the hotel. Right, exactly. Um, Like, maybe it wasn't him. Yeah. Or he had money that his family didn't know about. Yes. Hmm. But also... The sightings in Bellingham plus the postcard being postmarked in Bellingham makes it seem like that was him, right? Yeah. Unless the postcard was some sort of prank or a misdirection Mm -hmm. on the part of someone who knew Mm -hmm. what happened to Marvin. Right. And then the power of suggestion made people, oh, I think I did see him. Oh, yeah. And again, it's just like this hotel and then he was at this hotel. Right. Just like you said about the depot thing. It's like a lot of people could fit that description. It seems like the family does believe that that postcard was from him, though. Like, I didn't see any talk about it being a hoax. Okay. Even though my very first thought would be... Right. We know it didn't sound like him. They said, yeah. if it's him, something's wrong with him. He's really disoriented. So maybe it's not him. Yeah. But, I don't know. Like, they were worried about his mental health if it was him. So... But he was of a sound mind when he left. Seems to be. I mean, he was 75, but, like... Still... Right. If it wasn't from him, that mm-hmm. would indicate foul play or just some sick person who thought it'd be a funny thing to do to right. his family because humans right. are the worst. People are horrible. And we've seen that in some other cases yeah. we've done where people just, for well, whatever reason. stuff, yeah. Yeah, like it's a cool prank yeah, it's for not whatever funny. reason. It's not funny. So Marvin was described as weighing about 175 pounds and standing about five foot seven. Okay. His right side was paralyzed, and he dragged his right foot when he walked. He had gray hair and a mustache, blue eyes, and he was last seen wearing a dark suit and a hat. So you described him perfectly without even knowing. Yeah. Police hoped that these characteristics would make him easy to identify, particularly because of the way that he walked, if someone happened to see him. So that postcard is the last bit of news that we have about Marvin's whereabouts. And who knows if that postcard is even real. Yeah. Now, in 1986... 60 years after Mm -hmm. Marvin Clark's family last saw him, some loggers found a nearly complete skeleton in the wooded area between Tigard and Portland. Huh. There was no ID, but they did find some other interesting things. They found an 1888 Liberty Head nickel, an 1881 silver dollar, an 1896 quarter, and a 1919 penny that appeared to be nearly uncirculated. So remember, he disappeared in 1926. Right. So they also found a Sears and Roebuck pocket watch, a mechanical lead pencil, and a fraternal order of eagles pocket knife, some wire rimmed glasses, and four tokens with the inscription D&P. 
They think those were tavern tokens. So they were given out at taverns back then, like during card games or sometimes just given as change. Mm -hmm. And then you could use those tokens at that tavern to buy food and drinks. Okay. They were a big thing from like 1890 to 1920. So instead of us giving you money, we're just going to give you these tokens. Here's a lease. It's like a gift card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the dead man had also worn high-top lace-up shoes that were known as police loafers, and they'd been popular back before the Depression. And lastly, there was a thirty-eight revolver and a spent shell nearby. Hmm. So, date medical examiner determined that the skeleton was that of a man who was between 35 and 55 when he died, had stood around 5 foot 8 inches tall, and that he had died by suicide. There was a bullet hole in his skull. Oh, so now at that time, again, we're 60 years later. Right. So Marvin's granddaughter, Dorothy Willoughby, came forward when she heard about this discovery yeah. of the skeleton. And she was like, I wonder if this could, could be, be my grandfather. Yeah. So Marvin would have been 75 when he disappeared, which puts him outside that age yeah. range. But, I mean, they're talking about a skeleton. So I think it's a pretty Right. And also, what if he sign. was pretty healthy? Yeah. His- I mean, yeah. People were really, really excited about this. Like, okay. it made national headlines. Oh. Maybe we found Marvin Clark. Okay. But it was 1986, and they just didn't have the technology back then. So Dorothy passed away in 1991, Mm -hmm. and it would take another 20 years after Dorothy died for someone to take another look at Marvin's case. So it's 2011. Okay. Dr. Nikki Vance in the Oregon State Medical Examiner's Office reopened Marvin's file. Oh. And that 1986 John Doe, Mm -hmm. he's still in storage. In 2011. How? I guess they were dedicated. They just really wanted to know. Yeah. So they'd kept him for all that time. What if they kept his shoes on him? Or maybe not on him. Maybe they did. (laughs) I would imagine that. They were able to pull DNA. What? At that time in 2011. Now, the problem is Mm -hmm. they need DNA to compare that to. Oh, and she died. Yes. And they need maternal descendants of Clark in order to make a positive ID. So at that point, it had been 85 years. Oh, my gosh. Since Marvin had vanished. And finding descendants of Marvin's mother was a little tricky. Insane, yeah. She'd been married two more times after Marvin's dad. So different last names to track down and whatnot. But finally, in 2018. What? Investigators were able to find Marvin's great-great-granddaughter, Pamela Knowles. Oh, my gosh. She and her son provided DNA samples that would determine whether or not the John Doe was indeed Marvin Clark. Oh. And it wasn't. So there's another John Doe. Right. I'm like, well, then who is it? Where'd this gentleman come from? So this was a huge surprise. Like, at the time, the DNA thing was basically a formality. They were like, it's the right time period. Mm -hmm. He's five foot Mm -hmm. eight-ish, seven-ish. We just go to the DNA test so we can close the door on it. Right. So... Nobody thought it yeah. wasn't him. Yeah. Everybody was like, figured it out. Right. So it's not him. And that's huh? not weird, too. I was like, which also makes me wonder, who was the John Doe they found in exactly. that case? Nobody's looking for him, I guess. So the DNA samples that Pamela and her son provided, they're still on file in okay. NamUs, the National Missing Identified mm-hmm. Person System, in case future comparisons need to be made. Okay. That's so, helpful. Let's talk but, possibilities. Yeah. What happened to him? Aliens. <laughs> Bigfoot. I mean, we are in the Pacific Northwest. He is now in the Secret Service, and he is not a real human. He is an alien, and he is still serving his country. Maybe you should call. Who do we call about this? Ghostbusters. <laughs> okay. Did Marvin just leave 
on his own accord and start a new life somewhere. No. It wouldn't have been impossible to do back then, and we know he moved around a so lot. So easy, but still. I mean, okay, just to explore, I don't want to be Let's offensive. Do I don't want to be offensive to anybody. Okay. But what, you know, he was a marshal. What if he had, like, criminal connections? Oh, he's running in what if he's ground. What if he was dirty? What if he was? Or he made, like, criminal connections that helped him create a new identity. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's in Cuba. (laughs) (laughs) I was just very close to Cuba when I went down to Key West. And I had no idea that it was that close. Yeah. So close. We could get there quickly for pretty cheap. Not not Cuba, Key West. Right. Nobody wants to go to Key West. (laughs) My friend Melissa went and said it was amazing. When we went to Key West, me and my brother and my dad, did you guys know this? Did I talk about this? That we went to Key West together just like last week. We stayed at this hotel called Habana. No, Havana Cabana. That's what it is. Havana Cabana. <laughs> and it was like Cuban themed and it had all these really classic cars out front. My dad loved it. And they were great. If you go to Key West, you guys, it has a shuttle that takes you downtown. It's a great hotel. The restaurants are Amazing. so cool. freaking good downtown. Yeah. Key West. Yeah. It was great. Like brunch is amazing. We had a great time. Yeah. All right. So I've just said that maybe he could be a crook. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't like saying stuff like that about it. If you look at pictures of him, he looks like the sweetest, sweetest old man ever. And all the sources say that he was. They're all like, he and Mary were happily married. His kids never said anything bad about him. I think it's highly unlikely that he was like secretly crooked. But I mean, wasn't it, was it BTK that loved his family? I know. And then the, was it the smiley face? Happy face? Happy face. Happy face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would explain also how he might have had some extra cash that no one knew about. Mm-hmm. And maybe something happened that made him mm-hmm. need to disappear. Mm-hmm. There's just no indication that he was unhappy. Or he was just doing under- undercover work for a secret spy agency and yeah, is now in Russia. I don't know. But also, oh he's God. 75. Why would you suddenly at 75 decide to start a brand I'm new life? espionage. <laughs> That's what he one day. <laughs> just got on a train and started passing secret notes that weren't even anything. Yeah. <laughs> Weird postcards. <laughs> so I looked it up. The average life expectancy back then for a man was 55. And he's well beyond that. So like, yeah. why? What would be the point? Aliens. <laughs> they for sure would live longer. <laughs> if he ran off on his own, it makes more sense to me that he had some reason to disappear. Right. So for what it's worth, I saw zero talk about that. No one besides me is suggesting <laughs> that he was involved in any criminal activity. Allegedly, allegedly. I'm the opinion. only jerk yeah. saying these things. <laughs> And I don't really even mean it. I right. just feel like I should tell, say it. We need that out there. Okay. A further notch in the he disappeared on purpose category okay. would be how he hadn't told Sydney he was coming to see her. Right. But he told everybody else that he was going to. Right. And remember how she had said that he had just returned from visiting her two days, days ago. earlier? Yeah. So that's weird. Mm-hmm. Why was he going back so soon and not telling her? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did he meet somebody? Right. And uh-huh. then go back? To have to deal with it. Okay. Other possibilities. Yeah. Was Marvin the victim of foul play? It's possible on the train. Did he overhear something? Well, his family did worry about this because he'd been a marshal and he made some enemies. So it seems like a definite possibility. Mm -hmm. Maybe he was going to meet someone else. But why keep it a secret? Right. Unless he's protecting the family. Yeah. But you would think that they would all know where... The family lived because he was well known. I mean, maybe he really was going to surprise Sydney, and that's why he didn't. Maybe, and he crossed paths with the wrong person, whether it was someone from his past or not. Right? 
We don't have any witnesses that saw any kind of altercation. And of course, no body was ever found. Right. I always think it's so weird when no body Well, that's found. what I was going to say. If he did come across the wrong people at the wrong time, they hid the body well. Right. But it's also 1926. So it's not like they yeah. had a lot of the search technology. And isn't there a lot now. of like waters around there? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's an ocean around there. Water. <laughs> Ground. Woods. I There's lots know. of woods. I don't know. They also didn't have social media and all the ways to get a space yeah, out there for people to see. That's true. And they didn't start looking until two days after Right, he so that 48 hours is long gone. Did he accidentally disappear? Like, did he in amnesia? Her- well, yeah. Well, and then they said that he was, like, partially paralyzed from sitting here thinking, did he have another? Maybe he had Something. a stroke and did he have another one? Or right. Did he- well, that postcard made his family worry that he'd somehow wound up in Bellingham and didn't remember how to get home, mm-hmm. like his mental health was failing. Right. Do you remember that episode I did? It was episode 40 about Lawrence Joseph Bader. Yes. The guy uh-huh. with the boat and all that. Mm-hmm. So I read a lot about amnesia when I did that one. Right. And I remember reading, it's really unusual for amnesia to last very long. Yeah. But if Marvin had some sort of medical emergency, I mean, he's 75. Yeah. He could have suffered from dementia. It seems unlikely that he already had dementia. Right. They probably wouldn't have let him just go off to right, see exactly. Sydney by himself yeah. if he, he wasn't. He was showing zero signs. But amnesia from dementia is often uncurable. Mm-hmm. And if it was him in Bellingham, then he at least remembered enough to write a postcard. That's true. Yeah. To his family and send it to, to him. Send it to. Yeah. Right. So if he knew that much, then why couldn't he get home? Right. But even if we throw out amnesia. Hey, taxi, take me here. Right. <laughs> or stagecoach, yeah. whatever. So there are other medical possibilities. He could have had a stroke or right. a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, he was paralyzed on his right side, so he could have fallen and hit his head. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is, with any of those possibilities, they searched the hospitals. Yeah, and nothing came up. And the case was really publicized in the region right. at the time. And so they had you, a reward. Right. So if he had just been treated for a medical emergency, then like he probably would have yeah. been found. This would have to mean he had a medical emergency that resulted in death and also resulted in his body ending up somewhere that could, was never found. Yeah. Like he fell into a fault line right, <laughs> right. Some, yeah. yeah like where yeah. did he go oh my god yes so, one of the girls that works for tyler her they were on vacation at the beach her dad decides to go on a walk Mm-mm. by himself Mm-mm. doesn't take his phone doesn't oh, take no. his wallet i hate this already rips on a hill of rocks goes unconscious falls into the water and is under the water for at least six minutes unconscious what somebody found him he was in the icu for forever pneumonia collapsed lung Woke up out of, you know, an induced coma, signed himself out, and was like, I'm good, guys. What? They said, I'm sorry. Do you know what you've been through? He was like, no. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was just like a couple of weeks ago. <sighs> totally forgot about it. Well, and but that just made me think, too. He could have had some sort of accident and died, and someone found him, but was like... Ooh, it's a body. Or like what... Like, they don't know enough, or they think... Yeah. I might get blamed for this, right. and so they just dispose of the body. Yeah, or just leave him. I don't know. Did he die by suicide? Right. So when Dorothy, his granddaughter, came forward in 1986, she did say that she thought maybe he could have been depressed due to his mm-hmm. medical state. And I assume she meant the paralysis. And he could have been having PTSD from work stuff. Maybe. If he was. I mean, he's 75. Health issues. Which is already super old for the time. Maybe right. he was just tired. Yeah. Still... It could be that the only reason she brought up suicide was because she knew the John Doe they found had, had died a revolver. By yeah. So she could have just been like, well, yeah, Ooh. it could be him because yeah. of this, you know? Right. So that guy wasn't him. So 
if he died by suicide, there's still no body. It's not like Marvin could have died by suicide and then hit his own body. Right. So maybe he just got lucky or maybe he intentionally figured out a way to do this that would mean his family never found him. Right. Maybe he didn't want him to go through that. Yeah. One of the articles mentioned he was a farmer and had a mortgage. Maybe he had money problems. I have no I don't idea. Know. Or maybe he's running from that secret criminal life that uh-huh. he's talking about. Yeah. That is only, in my opinion, and <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> and most likely doesn't exist. So I really do think. It's She's going to write a book about it later, though. Harvey Clark, criminal mastermind. I really think it's an outlandish possibility that he's, I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah. But I do think it's important to consider that people have secrets. Right. Like big ones. Oh, yeah. And you just never know. Like we talked about that. Until you stumble upon them when they've been dead for 10 years. Right. And you're like, what what were they doing? Like, Remember we talked about Joan Rish in mm-hmm. episode 33. I know I'm doing all these callbacks to old episodes, but it's just kind of like stuff that I think about sometimes. Like when someone completely vanishes like this, yeah. I always come back to you. There has to be some mm-hmm. big clue yeah. that we just don't know. Yeah. And, and it's probably right there. It's some secret that's like very well kept by the victim. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't always mean something criminal. Right. But just some secret life that this person's family doesn't know about, yeah. which could either put that person in danger mm-hmm. or possibly contribute to issues with mental health or yeah. depression. So the last thing that I thought of, maybe his body was found and just not identified. That's true. Like a newspaper articles from when he disappeared said the family didn't think he had anything on him that would serve as identification. Oh. So somebody, if something happened to him and his body was found, there wouldn't have been ID on him. And if they found his body around the time he disappeared, I think the publicity alone would have yeah. led to him being identified. Right. But what if his remains were found much later? And like decomposed. Right. So they didn't know what he looked like. Right. And oh. before there was like a well-connected database of missing yes. people. Yep. And if it was found in a rural area mm-hmm. or somewhere fairly far from where he disappeared. Yep. Maybe no one would have even known to check right. if it was him. Yeah. Or maybe he was misidentified. Yep. Like that John Doe would have been. Yep. Because if they, at some point, they could have just been like, that's him and Mm -hmm. been done with it without following through on the DNA to find out. Or whatever morgue that his body ended up in. They were like, well, he's been here long enough. Pauper's grave it is. Yeah. I'm just throwing out like every idea of that. So today, Marvin Clark has the unfortunate distinction of being the subject of the oldest active missing person case in the United States. Oh, my gosh. He has been missing for 95 years, 8 months, and 21 days. Oh, my gosh. Still an active case, though. They've left it open. Yeah. That's wild. Well, I mean, they were doing DNA comparisons well, yeah, in 2018. So. Wow. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know that we'll ever find him. Right. But I do like that his family's DNA is on file in case. <laughs> what if it pops up that, like, on, you know, that Netflix documentary where that guy is, like, everybody's dad? <laughs> and he's, like, everybody's dad. <laughs> he's, like, traveling all throughout. <laughs> It would be weird if, like, they find remains in, I don't know, Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. And it's him. Oh, Because then that would be a whole other mystery. It'd be yeah. like, okay, we found him, but why is he why? here? Why did he leave? Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, that's it. Oldest missing person case in the United States. That's wild. I thought so, too. Man. Just randomly stumbled upon that Googling one day. I love it. That's okay. it, you guys. Well, guys. Thank you for listening. We love you guys just so much. Yep. Yeah. Um, if you are in the Facebook group, mm-hmm. you should totally put up your theory about what yeah, you Yeah, please think. do. Do you think he's a criminal mastermind? He's not. 
Or is he He's your not. people? <laughs> your people. <laughs> okay, we love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>